The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network and also simulcast, except not this week, so I shouldn't have read that. <laughs> I shouldn't have read that part. <laughs> Audio only this week, friends. Uh, Todd Blonier is alongside Belmont High School head football coach Jan Kuman. And again, a reminder to everyone listening out there in uh, social media land. Uh, that uh, these are these are interactive shows, and uh, we are posting the uh, the Twitter hashtag. It is hashtag Q's for Q, Q-S-F-O-R-Q, questions for Q. You can even make a comments for Q, or you want to pass along your congrats. The Marauders are 3-2, and two, I mean, and they are uh, third in the Division Three North MIAA rankings. Uh, Coach, I, I don't know where to start on this, except I was – I have to – here's my little surprise. Uh, I was saving this for when you guys won a big game, and uh, based on the uh, – the Boston Globe uh, rankings here, uh, I think none. Uh, this, this certainly is deserving. So I, I was going to give you your own theme song. So here you go. You ready? Here <laughs> it comes. <laughs> oh. Oh, hang on. Oh, wait, we're blending. I, yeah, we are blending. That was a, ma- that was I a mashup. To, I forgot to mute the other one. That was, oh, a, you, that was a mashup. Oh, uh, you got to love it. I, I thought I had the technical difficulties all straightened out there. Let's, <laughs> all right, let's try this one more time because I had something there. You probably had an idea what that might have been, but we'll try it one more time. <laughs> yes! That's awesome. I could see you guys coming out onto the field for this. This is pretty good. <laughs> I think my team might disown me, but uh, <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the Thundercats theme song. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not uh, violating any licensing copyright infringement. Well, it's on YouTube. How All right, it it's got to be ours. There then. you go. I think I think once it's uh, YouTube, it's like open domain there, right? Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh man, that puts a smile. <laughs> that puts a smile on my face. Well played, well played. Right. Yeah, well, well, there played. you go. Now, see, you gotta be, you gotta be watching or listening all of our uh, to all the uh, podcasts with Coach Q every week because if you if you have been, then you know exactly where I'm that big, came I'm from. Big so podcast guy, star star. There you go. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I don't remember that show uh, at all, but it, it does have a kick-ass theme song. It, I will it, give you that. It's a super 80s, like, oh, yeah. you know, kind of aggressive synthed out. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, obviously, theme song. It. So I think it's really indicative of, you know, our our national state in that decade. Yeah, no no question about that. Uh, so uh, there you go. It's uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, you, you, thank you. You, you know, you earned that one after a, a very <laughs> exciting win. And of course, I think the MIA, MIAA agrees. Uh, they, they didn't uh, play Thundercats on no, the globe, but no. Uh, uh, no. This morning, you know, and we record these on uh, Sunday mornings most weeks. And uh, 
you know, in the Sunday Globe, uh, if you go to the back of the sports page, you may want to ignore the front, and we may talk about that Ugh. closer to the end of the show. But at the uh, on the back of the sports page, they've got the very first rankings of the uh, 2018 football season. And uh, right now, the Belmont Marauders, your Belmont Marauders, three and two, and uh, third ranked in uh, Division Three North. So, uh, Coach, uh, congratulations Thank to you, you and the team. That is a that is a quite an honor. And of course, now explain again how the playoff format would work uh, um, coming up in just uh, I think three weeks. Yeah, yeah, two more games, and then and then hopefully to the playoffs. Um, you know, we we talked about it before the broadcast. <clears throat> we kind of you know learned our lesson a couple years ago. Thought we were gonna thought we were going to get it and then lost in the power ratings to Medford, who was a, a team that that year that we beat um, 52 to six. And we, we missed the eight spot by point one four. So, you know, we're not counting any chickens this year. Um, we've learned our lesson there, but it is definitely pretty cool to, to see us see ourselves in the three spot. And, um, and yeah, uh, all credit to our guys, you know, I mean, they're the guys who are, who are doing that um the top eight teams in division three north go to the playoffs um points are determined by uh uh essentially you get points for beating a team that's divisionally higher than you you get two points for each win from a team that you've beat and you get one point per win from each team that you've lost to um and then that's divided by the number of eligible games from the season in order to create your power rating. So the top eight teams in power rating in D3 North will go to the playoffs in week eight. Um, we've played some really good teams. You know, Milton is number one right now in D4 South. Uh, Framingham is divisionally up. Uh, they're a division one team and they've won a couple of games and uh, beating Winchester for our third win, they've obviously won three games as well. So there were some points to be had there. Uh, we're, we're in pretty good shape, um, but you know, we want to control our own fate and control our own destiny. So we're not really looking at that. We'll we'll look at that when we get into, you know, after week seven. Right now we got week six and we got a tall order ahead of us going into this week. So but it's pretty cool. Um, I'm really, really proud of our guys and I'm proud of our coaches. You know, it's taken us a, got a long way still to go, but it's it's taken a lot of work and a lot of patience and a lot of accountability and a lot of adjustment and a lot of humble pie. You know, to, to get to where we are and, and to have a team that's playing the way that it's playing. Um, I'm really, really lucky to have the staff that I have and, and, and the guys that I have in that locker room have just been absolutely tremendous in their approach to, to the game, to us, and, and to one another. So, uh, you know, I, I, I deserve very little. I get a cool theme song, but I deserve very, I deserve very, very little of the uh, of the actual credit for what it is yeah. that we're doing. You know, it's it's those guys who are doing it. Well, and I also know that uh, winning a, a game in the Middlesex League Liberty Division, which is uh, always a a very big challenge, uh, it's been a long time coming. In fact, uh, two full years. Uh, we got to go back uh, to the Winchester game of 2016, yeah, uh, which was also at Harris Field and a close game. <laughs> uh, here we. Uh, you know, overtime, first time, uh, first OT game, I believe, in uh, yeah, in your um, era. At least the first OT game at Harris Field that I can first recall. OT game in my time here. Um, actually, no, that's not true. We lost to Drake it in overtime. Oh, right, right, um, okay. Last yep. year, um, that was the first. So mm -hmm. this is the first OT win. Um, well, right, it was, the, and it was also the first one that I've witnessed. So I yep. was unfamiliar with the yeah, <laughs> with the yeah. high school I overtime about rules. The Drake. Yeah, yeah, you get uh, you go out and you flip a coin. Um, whoever wins gets to decide whether they want the ball first or second. Did you guys win the? Uh, yep, we won the toss. Okay. So we decided to. You always decide to answer. You want to see what the other team does first. Sure. Um, <clears throat> puts you in a better position. You get four downs from the ten. 
Right, which um, is not the 25 as it is nope, in college. Not the 25. Which is. Um, so four downs from the 10. Uh, if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. You can't kick a PAT. Um, but you can, as you guys saw, kick a field goal. Um, and so, you know, we won the toss. And both teams get a possession as well, right? Yep. So, it's, so, so we, that's like college too, yep. right? <laughs> it, the only difference okay. is the yard line. Okay. Um, so we won the toss and, and elected to put their offense out on the field first. They chose the far end zone away from our, our fan section, which was a really good decision. Fan section was rocking. And um, we were able to get that stop. I'm sure we'll talk about it. And then we were able to finagle a bagel and get a field goal. Yeah, that was a, a big crowd. I'm glad uh, you, you pointed that out. I, again, you know, I think, they, well, again, you guys were on the road for three weeks. So I think the, yeah. you know, the, everyone was getting kind of amped up here. It's like, when are we going to have another game at Harris Field? So it's beach night. Brought, and, it was, and it was beach night. Unfortunately, not beach-like temperatures <laughs> uh, for that. I, no. know, I know Joe Habilo was wondering why I wasn't uh, appropriately dressed. <laughs> I heard the, that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. That, that one threw me for a loop. Uh, but uh, it was nice having Joe back on the broadcast. Cast sure was and, uh, actually uh, reminds me too uh, one of his part of his pregame prep was he went over and talked to uh, Winchester head coach uh, Wally Dombowski before the game and uh, coach Dombowski had told Joe that he thought the key to the game or where he thought the game was going to be won or lost was at the line of scrimmage and boy I think that that's a great starting point to talk about this game because this game played out a lot differently than your first four games sure and in fact when you look at both the your team and Winchester's team on paper I was expecting something like 35-28, some kind of a shootout in that yeah. variety. And instead, we ended up with which a much stronger, you know, again, line of scrimmage dominated. You guys really controlled it, and I will uh, uh, give credit where credit's too, uh, due here. Uh, Winchester had 10 offensive possessions, and six of those 10 times, you guys held them to three and out. And they just, they had no flow to their offense uh, whatsoever. Uh, you really controlled it uh, on that side uh, with the defense. And, and just, I guess, talk about your team's defensive effort here. Yeah. So many so many guys to start from. I know Derek Brown had a couple sacks oh, early, yeah, and that was, got things he was, rolling. He was all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of our best defensive efforts uh, in my time here. You know, I was most excited just number one about the physicality with which we play defense we've been a more physical team this year all year if you've watched belmont football over the last four or five years you know you see a different attitude towards contact on this defense than has existed in past years that's been true for the first four weeks of the season too with one exception which was woven um but outside of that we've played pretty good hard-hitting defense we haven't always been completely sound and we've busted at times right but when we hit you you know um, and then we took it a little bit to a next level um, in this game. You know, uh, this was the hardest hitting defensive performance by one of my Belmont football program or one of my Belmont football teams in five years. Um, and it was consistent. It felt like, you know, kind of every time um, Winchester tried to tried to execute a play, even even when they converted, you know, there was a good contact at the end of that. Uh, and we preach that. Right. Like you can get yards, but you're going to have to pay for those yards, you know. And and so I was most proud of that. Number one. Um, yeah, I thought the defensive line, man, did a great job. Uh, Derek Brown did a great job. They had a lot of trouble containing him, um, especially in the first half. And, uh, you know, he had two sacks. He had a couple tiffles. Um Tackles for loss, right? In, in that. I think your your team collectively had quite a few tiffles. We had a bunch Friday. of tiffles. Uh, Sam Harris was all over the field, man. Sammy had a great day from his linebacker spot. Uh, the DBs, the safeties did a good job coming downhill and cleaning up the run. And I thought we defended the pass pretty well, man. That kid Fiorentino back there for them is a thrower. 
He's a really good quarterback. He's yeah. a big, tall kid with a good arm. Um, I think he was a little bit, a little bit dingy in his in his ankle, which limited his movement a uh, little bit. Yeah, we were talking about why we thought he wasn't. You know, like Joe was even commenting. Yeah. we thought he'd see more running out of. He a, was a York, little you know? bit has more hesitant, I think, to escape the pocket and get out of there. Um, I'm not sure about that. We just kind of got that sense because we've seen him on film, and that kid has a little get up and go to him. You know, he's kind of a Roethlisberger-y runner you know he's mm -hmm. not the swiftest kid out there but he's a he's a load uh once he gets going downhill um so i just thought that we we executed really really well and we played really really physically um we didn't do things that were too complicated or complex you know we uh, had a pretty limited package this week um both in terms of our our alignment and our blitz and stunt and and our our coverage package and I think uh, our defensive coaches, Coach Sai uh, for the D-line, myself at the linebacker spot, and, and uh, Coach Barge in the defensive backfield, you know, coming out of Reading, we really threw the gauntlet down, you know, and said we got to put, you know, there were times against Reading where we played like we played tonight for four quarters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't consistent across all four. And that's one of the things that we talked a lot about this week, you know, is we need to put a full defensive game together, man. When we, you know, when we limit big plays and we hit hard for four quarters, um, this defense can be can be a little bit of a, of a tough thing to contend with. And so uh, all credit to, to to those coaches, man. They really stressed that all week and we practiced hard. Um, and, and we played defense like we practiced it this week, which was great. Yeah, you did reference the, the big play, though, and uh, Fiorentino, you also referenced uh, what a good arm he has. That throw at the uh, end of the first half, that 39-yard touchdown great pass ball. in the closing seconds. Yeah, Matt Romagna, uh, who had actually uh, had, uh, I think, 16 catches going into the game, was considered one of their top receivers. He's one of their captains, and uh, you guys really held him in check. I think that was one of the few. I think that and maybe he had one other big catch in the second half. Yeah, but, yeah you guys really you kept him in check on that play. That's that was like a frustrating say. one, too, because we, we, you know, that was a fourth and long. Right. Um, they converted on a fourth and 12, not to mention they also had a 15-yard chop block, illegal yeah, chop block penalty earlier in the drive, yep. which, yeah, I mean, it, it was really a drive that felt like it was going backwards until basically that, that fourth and 12 Those conversion. two plays were the, the, the deep ball at the end of the first half was frustrating just because we knew it was coming. Um, and we had a timeout going into that because they called timeout. Um we brought everybody in and we adjusted alignments and I think it was Killian who was rolled over in the slot didn't adjust his alignment and was playing a little too tight to the receiver in a man cover um, receiver ran a kind of wheel route ducked outside and Killian's angle to the outside path was aggressive which it didn't need to be because they're not throwing that it's fourth and 12 with 30 seconds left yeah. uh, and then he went vertical and he was able to get a step so uh, you know, and Killian knows that we went into halftime and, you know, he's a senior captain. He takes it on the chin when he does something, does something wrong. You know, we're not, um, it's really one of the big adjustments in terms of our program culture, man, has been great to see is that, you know, kids aren't, they're not angry when you say that they're not, there's no pout face when you, when you're like, Hey man, you know, we told you to align at six to eight. Uh, I think we told him to align at six and he aligned at three, you know, and, and you can't do that. And we're telling him we're putting you at six yards for a reason right there and we're sitting here talking about deep ball strike you know in this timeout so um so that's definitely a touchdown man we we don't want to give those up you know we get you and you know we say all the time third down's our favorite um because third down breeds fourth down you know third down's our, that's our favorite down um it but, sure was a, it sure was on friday it was, but we got to we got to get week, we got to get offenses week. off the field in those moments too right like that's a big play momentum going into the end of the first half you know um i said it walking off i 
forget who I was talking to. I said, man, I'd really much rather be up 7 nothing here than tied 7-7. Seven, seven, but well, And the way you guys played that whole first half, you deserved uh, you know, to hold them scoreless for the, yeah. for the full 22 minutes there. Um, and then, of course, but you did help get that momentum back because Winchester with that last possession of the – first half and then they get the ball to start the third quarter but you do come up with a big play you three and out I yep. mean you guys uh there was a sack in there from uh from Sam Harris actually yeah. that got things started and really kind of pushed the Sachems back and then uh so you've got that and uh oh actually I was looking at the wrong I'm sorry I was a Derek Brown uh, sack <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong drive here <laughs> but uh yeah well there was a lot of sacks in a that game sacks. a lot of tiffles and sacks uh but then you know that's uh that's great and then so you guys do a, a nice job there, and then uh, talk about your special teams too. You get a, a a field goal block. Who was the who did block that? I field believe goal? Was it was Sagarian. I said it was on air, but I have to tell you, I'm, I was I was kind of going by reaction after I couldn't tell who actually. I'd have to go back and watch it again. I tried, um, and I it's couldn't hard figure to it see. out. <laughs> um, I think it was Sammy Seggs. Okay. I gave him the credit in the paper, so yeah, I gave him the credit um, on the broadcast. Yeah, so because so, uh, well, his teammates seemed to be patting him on the back. So that's is, why perception yeah. is nine tenths of reality. So he just, was in the area because I saw where he lined up yeah. and where the, the kick was he going should be around so. there so yeah uh yeah i mean i was really happy with our specials performance on a lot of levels man um first off i obviously that field goal block was huge uh turned out to be huge mm. <laughs> you know um and that's the first time that we've done that this year um i was also really really happy for the most part with our kick cover uh they had one one kickoff return to like the 45 or 40 Outside of that, we held him around the 30 on kickoffs. Um, Hampy was able to put one in the end zone for one of them that brought it back out to the 25. That's the new rule this year with the ball coming out to the 25 instead of the 20. Um, and I was really happy with because it's been a little bit of an issue for us at times with how he punted the ball. Um, minus one kind of short punt. Um, he really he got the ball out quick. There was one that was a high snap he had to back up on. Um, and was able to field the high snap and get a punt off, and that was the one he got that really nice forward roll on, went all the way to their 12, I think. And it would have gone farther, but LaFosse touched it by accident. Um, so I was really – and then obviously he missed the big field goal, 45-yarder. I mean, high school man, you make that. That's Right. That's, and, and I know you've seen him make those in practice, which sure. is why you tried it there. Sure. Why not? You, as, jo as Joe even said on the broadcast at that moment, you can't lose the game there unless, of course, they were to pick up the pick ball up and run it back I mean, the other you know, way. We, but we stalled out ball, in the but. drive there. We would have liked to have gotten a little bit closer. Um, probably could have done some things a little bit different towards the end of that drive. Um, we also, you know, there had a big drop on that drive, too. It would have gotten us another four yards on that second down, a little shoot swing play out to Edwards that was a – a dropped ball um so we trotted hampy out and said hey man let's you know go out there and take a shot we know you can hit it uh be a big kick if you do and and he pulled it left and was a little short i'm really proud of the kid for coming in at the end of that game on a hash on a hash line and uh uh <laughs> bang home a 27 28 yarder man you know to to win a ball game that's a big time kick so uh really proud of the kid for for kind of sticking with it and and making some adjustments to how it is that he approaches his kicking responsibilities, especially in the punting end. Yeah, no, the punts, so like you mentioned, he had a couple of those long ones which were really impressive. Uh, does, uh, well, you, I have a couple different questions based on what you just were talking about here. First, uh, with Trout, does he have like a, pr a, prefer a preferred, <laughs> he'll try to spit it out, yeah. a preferred hash mark? Does he, does um, he prefer being he prefers a soccer be, style? Does he like to kind of slice yeah, it Yeah, he prefers to be in the middle of the field. 
Um, oh, middle. Okay. He likes the middle. Um, he's he's not he's not huge on the hashes, but if he has to be on a hash, you try to get him. He's a right footed kicker, so you try to get him on the left hash. Sure, uh, as you did on the over on the winning game winning kick. Yeah, because right. it has a tendency to slice out. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, the, the whole soccer style thing. If yep. they kick that way, that you're going to tend kicks, to have more of a slice than a kick. Like, yep, he kicks like a, he kicks like a soccer player. It's going to bend with your foot. So, mm -hmm. um, we actually were trying to get the ball back into the middle of the field um, on the third down play. Um, and uh, Avery switched the play, and then, well, technically I switched the play because I yelled it in and then saw something else and told him to switch it back um, to the original call, and uh, the message didn't get through to our young tailback back there, so he went the wrong way. Um, oh, okay. So we weren't able, we wanted to run right to try to get the mm -hmm. ball towards the middle for Hampy there on the kick um, ah, okay. if we didn't score, and we had a little bit of a bust. So we weren't, like, trying to keep it on the hash because um, we know that he prefers to he prefers mm -hmm. to be in the middle. On uh, touchbacks, you had mentioned something, and I, I guess I, I need to do this for clarification. I don't want to also put you on the spot here either. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned, okay, so on a kickoff, if you kick it if you kick it off on the kickoff and it goes into the end zone, the other team will get the ball. They get it at the 25. 25. There was a punt by Winchester that uh, in the second back half. Out to the 20. Yes. Yep. Would that would that have been to the 25 also? And I, and I, I I'm trying to dance I'm on around. the spot. I, I, <laughs> I would have to check. To be perfectly honest, I would have to check my rule book there. I thought that that. I actually punt, only caught it after rewatching the, the, the broadcast. Yeah, I didn't catch I it live. I saw but, it live okay, and I yeah. was kind of curious. I just we were busy. Yeah. So whatever. It's five yards at that point. Let's just go. Right. Um. I'm not sure, but I think it must just be kickoffs, because um, the referees were on point. They had a yeah. really good night. We had a we we've had a good crew. Um, we had a good crew last night, and um, so you know I'm gonna check. I'm gonna shoot Scotty Kroll a text message and just ask him about that, just because for my own gratification, yeah. it's something I should know. Um, I feel like I ought to know it too. These are like rules, you know. I mean, those rules are changing. All a lot of these rules are changing, you know. And 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 kickoff. I think and, I alluded to that. You did. And, and kickoff and and kick cover and punt rule. All these special teams rules, especially in the kick and kick return. Um, not that the yardage has a ton to do with it, but those rules are changing too. Uh, a lot of which is in an effort to make make the game a safer game to play. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I think it's one of the things that, to be perfectly honest, especially in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, we often don't get enough credit for for what football has done over the last really six or seven years um, in an effort to make the game safer for these kids to play. Um, we there have been rule changes, you know, all over the place. Um, the MIAA has a very very definitive practice integration schedule going into the preseason. We're very very restricted in terms of what it is that we can do, when it is that we can do it. Um, there are contact restrictions over the course of the week, uh, pretty much a certain number of reps or minutes that a player can be engaged in live contact. Coaches have done a great job of working to make the game safer in terms of how we practice it. I mean, gone are the days of, like, bull in the ring, which was a stupid drill anyway, you know, or, like, just – Okay, He's, bull in the ring. What? What is? It's just a circle of guys with a guy in the middle who calls out somebody who just runs in and smashes him. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a hype drill. Gee, but, I know. wonder why they got rid of that. Well, drill. I mean, in my generation and, and generations back, we, yeah, yeah, we exactly. didn't we didn't have a conception of 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 all of that stuff, yeah. you know, and and so we, you know, for lack of a better word, I don't think we knew any better. 
Um, and, you know, I used to love that stuff. <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. you know, players used to love that stuff. Um, we don't do any, anything like that anymore. And, and it's really a credit to, to the MIAA and, and to the leagues and most especially to the coaches, you know, who are really taking it upon themselves to do work. Now, it's a physical game. It's a contact sport. You know, as we saw last night or Friday night, you know, you can't you can't guarantee somebody's safety top to bottom. And there have been some really tough moments in this game. Um, yeah, including the Winchester player there. I know there was the long delay in the yeah, second quarter. Um, uh, Henry, uh, what was it? Uh, Henry Dybowski. Yeah, uh, big Hank. Senior um, uh, left tackle for the Sachins. You know, so moments like that are, are, are definitely scary moments. Um, but on the flip side of it is that the game has really done a lot in this state at this level um, to make it as safe as possible for, for kids to play. And I, I would hope that um, despite the risks inherent in the sport, which do exist, that people would, would – give us some credit um i don't think we get a whole lot of it <laughs> um that people would give us some credit for for doing what we've done as coaches and as league officials to work to make this game safe um and a lot of the kickoff rules and changes to kickoff approach and like where you can stand and start at the start of the kickoff mm-hmm. um all that stuff is all rooted for to try and reduce the speed and severity and intensity of yeah isn't that similar contact. to what the nfl now does on the kickoffs where the, the the everyone lines up right at where the ball's about to be kicked off and they can't start running and they don't get a you running get five yards you, oh, get, five, you okay, used you to be run. able to line up wherever the heck you wanted you could yeah. line up at the 30 and if you could time it up start sprinting and be in a full clip okay. um nowadays you start you have to have one foot five yards back from the kick on the line it can be your inside or your outside foot but a foot has to be touching and and all of that is is part of a larger kind of approach towards towards making that aspect of the game safer well i'll give you you know i'll give you and all the the league officials and and the the comp you know the mia a lot of credit because you know i think they're seeing probably numbers for football are going to start dwindling and dwindling if you don't make changes so you have to do something like you say there's still inherent risks in the sport but you know you've got the interest still there and then you know the numbers are still there and you're you're getting the turnout of players uh you know and they're not they're not switching to other sports so i think that's you know that's a positive and what you know these rule changes should i mean moving in that direction obviously there was a lot coming out at the start of this fall about numbers across the country um being down you know participation numbers being down um which I'm unsurprised by. Um, I'm unsurprised by. Oh, I, sure. I definitely, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I again think that one of the issues in the conversation is that there's very little distinction made, right? So we see these stories, and they're bad stories, some of them, you know, and we see these stories and we see these reports and we see these NFL guys and, and, and all of this stuff. Um, a lot of people seem very willing to equate that to playing four years of high school football in Massachusetts. And I often talk to people and I say, we don't know enough scientifically to make that. Like we don't know enough medically to make that as an equitable comparison. Somebody growing up in Georgia, you know, who's started playing Pop Warner football at seven and then played all the way up and played like class five high school ball in Georgia and then went to an SEC school and played four years of D1 single A college ball and then went to the NFL and played four or five years. I mean, yes, right? Like you are actively going to have to make a decision about about your long-term health, the same that you would do if you wanted to be a professional hockey player, the same that you would do if you wanted to be a boxer or a UFC fighter or whatever. These are physical contact sports and you have to make – a reasonable assessment about whether or not the benefit to you outweighs the risk that comes inherent with playing sports of this nature. Um, 
And I have conversations with all my guys who are going on to the next level uh, to play collegiately, you know, about having having an understanding of that. And I just think that we're very quick to, you know, lump Massachusetts high school football experience <laughs> into that. And I don't think that they're the same. And, you know, if you show me a longitudinal study, you know, double-blind longitudinal study that – that shows me that four years of high school football in Massachusetts is a, uh, is a recipe for a, a degenerative brain disease. Um, I'll quit. Right. If you can show that to me, um, I'll quit. I, I don't want to do it anymore. You know? Um, but I don't necessarily believe that that's the case. Um, and also not to get on this topic and, and, and digress, but, uh, no, because I do want to get back to the game. To the game. Again. <laughs> it, it also just outweighs <laughs> yeah, the, right. the, the positive benefits of this sport, you know, at the high school level when it's approached the right way. Um, get caught in the wash, you know, and we kind of get this like, oh, well, if you play football, like your your brain's going to degenerate. Uh, you play high school football. And, and A, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. But B, um, lost in that, too, is is the benefit that comes from playing this game. It's a special game. Um, there's not there's not another sport out there like it, you know, and all I ask is that those conversations are fair and that they're balanced and that they allow for an acknowledgement of the good um, that exists within football um, as opposed to to just isolating the bad. And so now we'll get back to the game. Back to the and, game. Uh, though. Yeah, back to the game. Yes, exactly. No, it, uh, hey, all your points are, are warranted, believe me. I, uh, you know, and it, like you say, it is, it is a special game, the teamwork, the camaraderie, all that, all the pluses that, uh, that are, the, you know, the positives of the sport. So we, we, we talk about the uh, offense now. Of course, we go back maybe again to that, uh, what Coach Dombowski had said before that, before the game, you know, game was going to be won at the line of scrimmage. You guys definitely dominated on the defensive side. I'd make a case that to some level, Winchester also did pretty well on their defensive side, kind of limiting yeah. you guys. But uh, you made big plays when you needed them. And, you know, we've been talking about this all year. And, you know, it goes back to the quarterback, Avery Arno. All, like you said, all the kid wants to do is win. He doesn't care about numbers. He doesn't care about stats, and that's why once again I gotta throw these. The, I gotta throw the stats out sure. here just to illustrate how much he does not care about it. And you, you can't just look at a, a certain point of the game and just say, "Oh my God, he's terrible." But you, but you could do that at halftime when Avery was only two for seven with nine yards passing and an interception. Yeah, which, it wasn't wait, good first. Half. You want to talk about the interception really quick? Then we'll get to the second half. Good uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean we we took a shot down the sideline there. Uh, he needed to put a little bit more on that ball. Hubsy had a good step on on his DB. I mean, um, it looks like he, it looked like on the throw he was he did gun it fairly well, but he but under, in the yeah, end, but he underthrew under it. Yeah, he, he didn't put it deep enough. Um, it had enough speed on it. He just didn't put it deep enough over the top in that situation. Um, and Hubsy needs to come back. You know, we we barked at both of them. You know, he got barked. Avery got a bark for. Come on, man, you got to put you got to drive into that ball. Put your feet behind that ball. Get your hips into that throw, and give your receiver a chance to catch it. And, and Hubsy got a little bit for being passive um, when he because he turned and he saw that it was short and he he didn't come back to either try and catch the ball or try and make a defensive play on the defensive back and give us another down uh, or a punt situation or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was a bad throw and, and a, a bad effort by the receiver. Um, those often lead to interceptions. So again, just to, just to illustrate how Avery Arno is just a quarterback who wins, <laughs> two for seven, nine yards, and an interception in the first half, 
five for six, 102 yards, and a touchdown pass in the second half. Now, granted, uh, 78 of those 102 yards came on a, uh, a great play. It was a short pass yep. to Rakai Joseph, making his just his second catch of the year. And boy, was there some really good blocking and everything on yeah. that. And that was a uh, that was a big third down play too. At the sure time, it was, was third and eight. You're at your own 22. You had just blocked. That was right after you had blocked the field goal. So yep. you know you're trying to get momentum and you're trying to build on that momentum. And you know all of a sudden third and eight. I mean, we were saying Joe and I were saying on the broadcast, if you don't convert on this play, you got to punt from here. Yep. You're deep in your own end. And uh, you know just talk about how that whole play developed and, and everything that made it happen. Because I know Rakai explosive in the open field, but it seemed like there was a lot of good blocking uh, in the early yeah. part of that pass play. Uh, the seven and to go touchdown. back also, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. And to go back on Arno in the first. I mean, he had two or three drops uh, that aren't his fault. I mean, he had a couple of balls that he put into receivers' hands. Uh, that well, two on the opening drive yeah, in, the, in his, the game. Yeah. You know, he had a, what would have been a 25 or 30-yard completion to to Justin, uh, to Rocha, and then he had a, uh, you know, probably a five, six, eight-yard slant, and who knows what comes after that catch um, to Jared, you know, that were, that were drops that definitely would have added to his total. So it wasn't entirely that the kid had a bad half, too. I think our passing attack as a whole – in the first half just wasn't wasn't in sync it wasn't where it needed to be we couldn't get into our we didn't get into our chop flow right we didn't get into our rhythm um the screenplay yeah i mean you know it was third down we'd been uh aggressive in the run and dedicated to it um you know part of our our attitude and our understanding there was that you know doing that was going to open up some opportunities for us uh, to go down the field or to do something like throw a screen. You know, when guys are aggressive up and they're flying up on on actions, um, you know, and playing some man cover over the top of it, you know, you got a good recipe for a screen play. So it was third and eight and uh, just said, hey, let's chuck a, let's chuck a screen out. Um, so you get a first down and move the chains and kind of get a little bit of mojo in here. And uh, we were able to get some decent blocking out there. And, and Rakai was able to make a kid or two miss. Uh, and get into open space, you know. And once you get him in the open field, he's tough to he's tough to catch. Um, so that was a big play, seventy eight yards. A uh, quick update on Rakai too. We'll talk about the rest of the offense, but uh, uh, we we did see him coming off the field late in that game. Uh, he looked a little banged up, and then of course he didn't play in the uh, the last couple. Of, he wasn't in the last couple offensive yeah. series, including the overtime. So uh, what can what can you tell us on the uh, on the broadcast little, about uh, his <laughs> little his, upper body injury? Okay, um, yep. He's he's good. We're we're optimistic. Um, he's in good spirits. Our trainers in good spirits. We got a fantastic at. Uh, and we got a great medical staff, you know, so he's in, he's in good shape. Um, saw him after the game, had some ice on it. Uh, we'll re-eval on Monday, and uh, we'll see where we're at. Um, but, you know, he should be good. Actually, we should also back up on Rakai because how, how can I leave out the fumble Ruski play in the first half there? Uh, just like you uh, drew it up, right? Yeah, well, yeah, isn't that what I said? That's what I said when he was yeah. at the end, right? Exactly. That's how they planned it. Boy, I mean, you know, uh, right, you have Arno missing the exchange uh, from uh, from Narig there, and uh, then the ball just bounces right into Rakai's hands, and then he, he's got almost a clear path. I don't yeah. I don't think anyone did touch him now that I went back and no, yeah, watched that again. No, I think he was pretty again. untouched. Um, yeah, that was a funny play. I mean, sometimes you need the, the breaks a little bit to – win a game like that um we had we had some problems quarterback center exchange all night you know we're gonna yeah. go into practice this week and and kind of get these guys together and be like what's going on here man um because you know we had that one and then we had another one uh on a veer play uh, a little fullback dive that the ball mm -hmm. got knocked loose on a first down avery had to fall on it then avery fumbled when he got poked in the eye um so like that all was 
obviously not what we want to do. The funny thing about that play is that the line action was some of the best line action we had all night. Like, we got push on that play. Mm. Um, and and the, the fumble didn't really draw the defense, you know, because it was so fast. It just, yeah. like, fell out of his hand and then literally bounced up. You guys saw it on film. It just bounced right yeah. up into Rakai's hand as he was running his, his mesh, as he was running it to his aiming point for the handoff. So it was just, you know, an alternative handoff. Um, and we were able to execute the play as the play was drawn, you know, despite the fact that the ball hit the deck. So, you know, uh, my grandpa was probably smiling down on us a little bit on that one, man, and gave us a, gave that ball a little bit of a whoop, a little bit of an uptick. So it uh, bounced back up into Rakai's hands, and he was able to get to the end zone. You know, speaking of alternative handoffs, what do they call it when the quarterback just like puts his arms forward and drops the ball? In the oh, yeah. is that a, is that technically a pass? Or, no, or it's, it's not. It's, it's, a handoff, it's still but... a handoff. Oh, okay. um, I don't know what the technical term is for I didn't that. Know if there there's was a one. bunch of uh, to... there's a bunch of there's a movement. It's not new. It's a little new, but there's a movement that that is a more effective way to hand the jet off because um, there's less of a kind of contact between a mm. quarterback holding the football and a, a man coming through coming through motion into it, which sure. brings his body into play there. Um, uh, you see a, a bunch of college teams, some pro teams now, who are mm. doing that where the quarterback will snap and the jet action will come across and he'll just release it. Mm. I have a friend who's convinced that that's where the NFL is going. <laughs> that's where football will go in terms of all handoffs, that it makes more – that aren't read handoffs, I suppose, right? It makes more sure. sense to just kind of pop it up there and let the guy run into it. As long um, as the defensive line hasn't crashed through fair. and then – because now all of a sudden that ball's up in the air and, and they can just grab yeah, it instead. Yeah, I think I in mean, a play like a jet where, where that, that slot motion guy is coming with speed – you know that play happens so so fast. You know that it's it's it would be tough for a defense alignment to be there at that point on the snap of the football. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they call it. Um, okay, that's I saw Winchester do it a few times. Yeah, uh, yeah, they Friday they like night. that that little scoop. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the way your defensive line was penetrating, there were, I think there were a few chances if they kept <laughs> doing that, you might have gotten one of your guys would have been able to just grab that. Would have been of the awesome. Would have been awesome. Would have been nice. Uh, and. Uh, Killian O'Connell. I mean, you know, the run game had struggled. Really, you had the one big run from uh, Rakai there on kind of the, you know, as they say, the flukish yeah. uh, ball bouncing into his hands. He runs 49 yards for the touchdown. But other than that, um, you know, Rakai couldn't do much on the ground. Killian O'Connell couldn't do a whole lot on the ground. Only 41 yards on 13 carries. I mean, Winchester did a pretty nice job. I mean, you guys were running up the middle a lot, and they did seem to have the middle clogged. Although, I guess at times when you run outside. They were, per, you know, they'd stretch out the. Yeah, the, I mean, we had we didn't too. have the, we didn't have our best day running the ball, you know. Um, I we didn't have, have our best day offensively, uh, but the offenses bailed us out, you know, and and sometimes. I mean, did you what, feel your line was given a pretty good offensive line was given a pretty good push for the most part? Or? I mean, we got an offensive line that we feel like we feel successful when we run for two hundred yards. So you know, they're not they're not happy with their performance. I'm sure. Um, I don't think it was horrendous or anything by any means. I think Winchester kind of had an idea of what it is that they wanted to do to try and stop us and they executed well they had a uh that number 57 or yeah 56 or 57 senior um, oh joe lapore 57 yeah, yeah the, yep. one of their captains uh, on the end of the line he's a yeah. he's a football player man and uh number 16 that that middle linebacker oh tommy degnan yep he's yeah. he's a good ball player too and we saw those guys on film you know um and they they those two guys especially really executed and and made our day difficult on the ground um, you know, I think that like we had a good identity in terms of what it is that we wanted to go in there and do and, and, um, maybe should have done a better job of getting out to the edge a little bit. Cause we did have some success there, not on the toss plays, but 
on our stretch run plays, our, our, our spread run plays to the outside. Uh, Killian was able to get some good yards on that. I mean, we ran for 122. So, you know, we ran for 80 outside of that, that 140-yard run. It wasn't like it was a dead run day. We were able to get some first downs. We were able to get some movement. Um, but we just weren't able to get into that flow. You know, we weren't able to get in that flow. We did a good job protecting our quarterback. We just made too many mistakes. Um, maybe some mock-up mistakes on what it is that they were they were doing to our run game that needed adjustment. And, um, and you know, also in our passing game, just, you know, we got we to gotta catch the ball. Um, you know, we had four. I think we had four drops, you know, in that game. And, and that's, you know, Coach Avery says it to his receiving core all the time. It's rule number one to be in a receiver, catch the football. Right. It's the, the one thing, you you know, you need to be able to do on a regular basis. So um, but I thought the receivers did a great job blocking out there, too. We weren't able to get out there a lot, but see him on film. They were really working. So we'll go in there and we'll clean the line action up a little bit going into going into Lexington. We know we've got two really talented backs back there, um, not losing faith in our ability to run the ball and, and clean up this pass offense a little bit. You know, but if we can have an off day and win a football game, an offensively off day and win a football game, um, that bodes well. And a final note on Killian, uh, who did have to come out late in that game with what looked like, I guess, cramps. I mean, the way the way he was sitting on the field kind of almost made me think cramps. But yeah. then he's got two 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 teammates helping him off the field, yeah. and they didn't want to put any weight on his on um, his foot. And I'm he thinking just now was, he was just still cramping, and he needed to get off. So anybody who's ever had cramps knows, like, you can't. Maybe you can walk with your toe raised and you're mm-hmm. just putting your heel on the ground, uh, but if you're really cramping, um, you can't. You can't put weight on that. And cramps are super painful, man. Um, a lot of times people will be like, God, it's just cramps. And normally when people say that, I go, you've never had a full-on leg cramp. It's yeah. it's <laughs> it's the worst. Um, so, yeah, he couldn't put weight on at that moment because he was still cramping. Um, so we just needed to get him off the field so the game could keep going. Sure, and um, thankfully he was back in the overtime, so it wasn't a Yeah, he came back thing. on defense. He came back and ran a play offensively, and then he was kind of crampy again. So we're like, yeah, we'll just give the kid the ball and, and do what we need to do. Saw our first Cedric Toussaint sighting since yeah. week one against yeah. Milton. Only at Harris Field, apparently, he seems yeah. to pop. He only carries <laughs> for five-yard increments. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, Seti, I'm proud of him, man. He came in. I thought he was going to break because we got driven back on the first one. I know. I was ready to predict it, too. I said, you know, out of all the running backs, it's going to be they're going to win this game with with Cedric Toussaint. Toussaint, Right. (laughs) Said my man Seti. No, we we lost yards on an outside run on the first first place. Say Magnifique. Um, And then Seti came in and actually broke off a nine-yard gain to take us to the five. Um, And then we had a little cross-up and a flip, a flip and a play, uh, and Seti went the wrong way on third down. Um, but you know, he did a great job of protecting the football, um, and getting us within range. So proud of him. Well, I, I was about to uh, head on and, uh, start previewing this week. Did you have any other, were there any other final thoughts you had about, uh, Winchester before we, uh, I mean, they're just a great on. program. You know, we've had a bunch of great battles with them. Uh, coach Dembo is a great coach. Nabowski is a great guy. Um, yeah, your third win in five tries, but yeah. uh, you know the the two wins have been really close ones. Uh, in yeah. fact, well now three wins, uh, two two seven point wins and a, a three pointer in o- overtime. So yeah, um, we've always had good battles. You know, I think that we're program size. You know, we match up, and you know they they work hard and we work hard, and um, there was just a lot of. It's always kind of nice to play a game where you feel that mutual. You really feel that mutual respect and. 
Um, I know the kids feel it, and he runs a really classy program over there, man. His kids are great kids, and they work their butts off. They're a talented football team. Uh, we were able to squeak one out, you know, but uh, that's a really good football team. They're going to do some good things the rest of the way. Yeah, no question. Uh, they, uh, you know, they they came into the game three and one, so obviously they've uh, been playing well and have one of the better offenses, at least uh, statistically, uh, yeah. in the Middlesex League. And you guys did a nice job defensively to hold them in check. So now it's on to uh, now on to Lexington, and uh, it's no longer the Sal Freelich show. Thank goodness for that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I guess his understudy, uh, uh, Mister Bianchi's not too bad. Yeah, and uh, it's they, the TB Seven show, Tony Bianchi. Yeah. Let's uh, so uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, Lexington, you got to go out to their place uh, playing uh, no no Friday night lights because they don't have them out in Lexington. So well, not nope. for football. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so it'll be a Saturday uh, matinee, and uh, I guess, and then also the fact they play on a grass field. So I guess talk a little bit about that. I know when you were out there a couple of years ago, I think if I remember, it was kind of a rainy night. Yeah, and it was, was slobs with footing. Ben and, Jones. Yeah. It was a Ben Jones year. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Coach Peterson's done a great job over there at Lexington High. Uh, the Minutemen are a tough – they're a tough opponent uh, with or without Sal. You know, Sal's a once-in-a-decade type of kid, um, but it's not like that's a team that's devoid of talent. Uh, the kid at quarterback is a stud, man. He's an athlete. and He was one of their receivers last yeah, year. He's he a three-year – he's a two – this will be his third year starting, I believe, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year. He was a receiver his sophomore and junior year and, and uh, now has moved to the quarterback position and, you know, is – fast and creative and agile and uh confident and has experience in game time situations you know so we've got a we've got a task man ahead of us to to try and contend with that offense um and obviously to to get some points ourselves you know we we know that this is a they're a d1 opponent and a good one you know so we we need to really have a good focused week and and work on taking some of the especially some of the defensive momentum that we were able to gather from Winchester and uh go out there and and kind of keep that same identity and that same sort of ferocity and that same sort of desire to get around the football um and to bring the lumber a little bit um if we're able to do that um I think that we've got as good a shot as as anybody out there to go and steal a win um that's another program that I just I have a ton of respect for um, George I, I I really like George um, and I respect him as a coach he's done a, a really fantastic job over there and their offense is is perennially you know it's way spread out there man those guys are all over the place they'll bunch receivers up all the way down to the sideline and you know force your guys in the box to to play in space with nothing coming in from support from the outside and that puts tony in a good position to make some things happen with his feet and the kid can huck man i mean that kid can throw so uh we got to get after it we get a little bit of a long week to get rested up but uh saturday 2 p.m on the grass all right, trying and to no, go get win number four. Yeah, another spread offense. Uh, you're de- you certainly, uh, you know, defensively. I think, uh, you know, now the defense has seen that the last couple of games, so yeah. uh, that 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 should help a lot. And you know, well, you know, frankly, as long as the uh, thunder, as long as the Thundercats are loose, then Thundercats. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really telling you, I think for what game you guys got to come out of the field. I just oh, that, that it just sounds so. Maybe I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I can FOBF see the cheerleaders people. doing some kind of cheer choreograph to that. 
I'm sure the FOBF people will be hearing this and uh, they'll put something in the works. It might even come out at the banquet. It's like somebody's doing something hilarious with that. I'm sure. Thanks, Todd. Yes. <laughs> oh, hey, the least I could do, believe me. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. hey, um, it's uh, we, we branch off and talk about other sports. So, uh, you know, we'll do that here. You, you're a baseball guy. A little I bit, am. Huh? Okay, I mean, hey, Red Sox-Yankees uh, in the playoffs, first time in 14 years. we got to, you know, probably spend a couple minutes talking about this. Uh, you know, uh, you know, great, a really great winning game one uh, sale with a gutty effort. And yeah. uh, they, they got the big home run from J.D. And the bullpen just hung on for dear life. Uh, Kimbrell got it, uh, <laughs> got it <laughs> closed the door. But then a uh, uh, different story last night. Uh, David Price had a chance once again to uh, rewrite the narrative uh, about him and uh, – you know, despite how well he pitched the last uh, two, three months of the season, yeah. it's we're going to talk about the fact he couldn't even get through two innings. Man. And uh, I was really uh, bummed. Um, yeah, I was too. I mean, I thought you know he had a lot of he had a lot of momentum going, and I figured uh, that would help him. And but, I like uh, David Price too. I'm I'm in the minority in Boston. I I like him. I think that he's a really uh, uh, obviously I think he's a talented pitcher. I also think he's a wicked smart guy, um, mm. and I think that. Boston's been a rough fit for him, you know, um, because it's a place where if, I mean, if you're coming in with ace expectations, you better be an ace. Um, and if you're not, the city's pretty quick to condemn you. Um, and then pretty quick to turn right around and say, you're great. Uh, and then pretty quick to turn right around. I mean, he, <laughs> he got it to the – he was getting boo birds in the first inning there, you know. Yeah, um, he got him as he left the field in the second, too. He sure did. Yeah, a lot and, of them. you know, that's – for me, it's just as a coach – I mean, I know these guys are professionals and everything. I just look at it and I'm like, man, you know, we might need him to – he only pitched two innings. I mean, he might need to go back out there and start again in two or three days. He's got the juice to do it. Or yeah. come out of the bullpen where he's actually been more successful in his yeah. uh, postseason Yeah, and they asked career. him in the press conference, they go, how many days do you need to start again? He goes, one, because he didn't throw a ton of pitches. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I was really bummed for David Price and bummed for the Sox, and the bullpen just makes me nervous. It makes us all I nervous. Mean, I think it makes it's, everybody yeah. nervous. Um, I mean, losing Stephen Wright, too, uh, before the series yeah, even started, man. that kind of came out of But came I thought Joe Kelly did our uh, – Yes. I mean – you yeah. know, sneaking onto the roster and came out and throws through some good innings. He yeah. throws, you know, Joe Kelly Fight Club, man. He throws hard. Right. Well, you know, he didn't have Tyler Austin around. <laughs> to, you know, he didn't have his fighting partner there anymore. But so he's got a little grit to him. You oh, know, sure. He yeah. gave he gave him some good innings. So he did when they needed it. Yeah, yeah. no question. I Could mean, have been worse. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the bullpen <laughs> kept, they kept them in the game for a while. Then, ironically, they, they throw another starting pitcher in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, and yep. he gives up the three-run homer to, the three, to Sanchez. Three yeah. Sanchez so, had a night, huh? Yeah, he did. Uh, he's uh, he feasts on Red Sox pitching. Yeah. His uh, career numbers are are pretty good. Uh, I mean, what the Red Sox needed to do is get on base against him because his catching skills, his his defensive skills, skills are very yeah. poor. He's lazy. Uh, that's where you could exploit him. He's Don't a little you? lazy. Yeah, he's a little that, lazy. That's the reputation like his, yeah. on him. Yeah, no, yeah. it's and that's where he can be exploited. Yeah. I mean, offensively, he is. But he's he's, a, a, he's weapon. a beast. Yeah, he's a beast, and obviously, Judge is a beast. Nice to see Xander get in on the action a little bit, though. Yeah, that was a nice home run. Hopefully that gets him going. I mean, Mookie Betts so far just one for seven first two games. He needs to yeah. kind of get going, too, as the series now uh, switches to New York for, for games three and four. And you, you talk about Price could be ready to pitch, but do you want to put him out there at Yankee Stadium? Because Honestly, he his, probably— His numbers there are even worse yeah, than Yeah, they, they're not good. I yeah, just career like, numbers. I feel like he'd probably—his <laughs> career numbers are bad. 
Well, Yan- well his, number, his numbers, his career numbers with the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium yeah, are pure. He was pretty good, if I remember correctly. He was pretty good at Yankee Stadium as a Devil Ray. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, he might have been, but that was also uh, what three teams ago. Yeah, <laughs> and he was significantly younger. Yeah, um, but he might do a little bit better getting out of Fenway in this playoff structure, man. Um, you know, I just I feel like. I don't know. I feel like he feels like the city is just that there's no love for him here, you know, and I I, I want to say that that doesn't affect him because he's a professional athlete, but I think it does. See, um, he has a chance to opt out of his contract after the season. He probably, I mean. But he'd be leaving about $120 million on the table if he does that. And he's. And does he think it, he's going to get that much from another team? It just depends on what he does stage. over the course of this playoffs, too. Like, I mean, if he comes back and he, you know, goes lights out and pitches seven, eight innings of three-hit ball all of a sudden, right, and gives us a really good quality start, and then we get to the next round and he's able to have two good starts there, you might see him opt out at that point, you know, because he's kind of proven himself as a playoff pitcher, which I think is what other teams would be waiting to see. Because um, he certainly hasn't done that to date. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's – <laughs> this staff need like we want to win the world series david price needs to pitch like that's sure. the thing that i want boston to grab onto right it's like if we want to win the series this guy needs to throw heat so yeah. we need to like love this dude up or something send him a vermont teddy bear or something <laughs> yeah. the starters need to go deeper into games too i mean i still don't know what i'm gonna get out of sale you know in his next how does he recover from and you from can his tell he's and, not yeah he's still not all there all right? there yeah. you know but man is he like i could watch that guy pitch Every day of the week, he's so he's so special. He is. I mean, you know, they thought giving him all that rest the last two months. Of course, like, well, it wasn't all rest. He was also hurt. But, yeah. You know, still uh, he, a lot less wear and tear on the arm down the stretch. And you know, hopefully, I mean, he bounces back from the first start, and they can use him again in this series. I, you know, we had a we did a, a preview Toddcast uh, of the playoffs uh, with uh, my my timeout uh, co-host Howie McClellan and his nephew who's a beat writer. He covers the Red Sox for the Eagle Tribune. Oh, nice. And. Uh, you know, I I was saying it then. I think the series is ultimately going five games. It'll, it'll you know, the full you know, what, Red Sox Yankees. What else would you expect? I mean, the teams are a lot more evenly matched than we think. I mean, they were separated by just eight wins during the season. I mean, everyone you know, Red Sox had a historical year. They're 108 games, but everyone forgets. Well, the Yankees also won 100 games. Yep. Which that's the first time both those teams have ever won 100, 100 or games. more in the same season. Really. It's also the first time you've had a divisional round series where you got 200 win teams playing. Yeah, each other. man. Yeah, they're I, a wild card. I really did not want to see them in the divisional. Yeah. Um, that was a tough draw, man. Yeah. No, I know, I know. <laughs> that was but a tough. Although, draw. I mean, now you only have to beat them three times instead of four. That's another way to look at it. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I tried. I you still, know. I still yeah. would rather have seen them in the ALCS than seen them in mm. seen them in the divisional. Um, well, that'll be tough enough. Houston looks like a juggernaut right now. They they're took the first good, two yeah. against Cleveland. They're a good, they're a good defending squad. champs too. I they're mean, gonna, they're, they might, they'll probably sweep. I think so. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're I, a good, they're a good ball club. They've um, had some bullpen questions this year too, not to the extent of the Red Sox, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've got everything. Everything else is there. Uh, you know, some stud starters, yep. and, uh, good young uh, offensive nucleus. That infield, oh, that infield wow. is probably the best offensive infield in baseball. Take that infield, combine it with the Red Sox outfield, you would have just oh, you you'd gotta, have a team that win 150. You've got a squad. <laughs> but that you know, I mean, we strong. that was a competitive game yeah. last night. It was a competitive game till the end. You know, till the last couple innings, and yeah. really till that till that second homer, Sanchez's homer, and. Right. Um, that's encouraging to me, man, because, you know, Mookman will wake up, you know, hopefully Mitch Moreland's okay. I haven't seen a, 
he took a oh he, did he went out with a pulled hammy or something oh yeah um, right. well. last night um but you know i think that this is a team that can you know they could turn around they can they can go into the bronx and put on an offensive showing i think the offense needs to see right now that like unless chris is on the mound unless saley's on the mound like you got to go out and you got to get five or six runs period sure. right like that's you can't Let's not let's not sit here and expect that this pitching staff and this bullpen is going to give us two run games in the playoffs. They're no. not going to do it yeah. against this squad. So you got to go out there and you got to score, you know. And um, we need all of our bats there, man. And if you get Mookie and JD going and being the guys that they are, and then everybody else kind of chipping in and playing those supporting roles, but if you can get those two guys going consistently over the next two games, you know we got we've got as good a shot as anybody to go out there and win ball games. You know the supporting cast is good enough, and yeah. those two guys are. You know, two of the best in baseball, man. I mean, you can build a lineup around those two. Right. Um, Absolutely. They have. <laughs> they have. So they, won, they won 106 games, you know, <laughs> building around those 108. Two guys. 108, 108 games. 108 yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Let's give them a Around those two guys. So, yeah. you know, um, we'll see. Keep my fingers crossed. Okay. So you're liking them to, to somehow get by, though? or you <sighs> Oh, just my keep, God. Yeah. Put me on the spot. I'm nervous. Yeah. That's it's okay. You can be nervous. I'm I'm nervous, man. Um Honestly, just as you are every Friday night yeah. before kick your yeah, I'm more confident. <laughs> I'm more confident in Belmont's ability to win games, you know, not because of anything. Just I think it's a to- I think it's a then the Red Sox bullpen. I don't blame you there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a I think it's a toss up. I really yeah. do, man. I think it's a. Yeah. I think going into the Bronx like this is yeah. this is a 50 50 thing. I mean, who's going to show up and play ball, you know, and and can our pitching staff find new life? Can our bullpen be serviceable enough to get us through innings seven and eight? You know what I mean? Like that's going to be the tail of the tape and and so if we can do that um i think we've got as good a shot as anybody to go out there and win i mean we're you know we won the division dang that's it right. <laughs> you that's know right uh, but i'd say it's 50 i'm, I'm putting it at 50 50 yeah well we know who's going to show up uh this week uh at lexington uh and marauders uh We'll be there. Good week we of will. practice, hopefully. We and will. Uh, Yeah, get ready. Uh, uh, just two more league games left uh, here, uh, yeah. wrapping things up. Season's uh, flying. It, it most certainly is, uh, no question about that. So uh, just again, as we uh, wrap up this week, I want to remind you that uh, all of our podcasts with Coach Q can be found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts and also on soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. Listen at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on iTunes and Google Play stores. And, of course, links to the weekly interviews with Coach Q are posted on both Facebook and Twitter, so you can become a Facebook fan by searching Time Out for Sports Talk. Our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. Of course, uh, at Q underscore Coach and at Marauder Fball are uh, where you want to uh, also uh, follow them as well. And, uh, you know, uh, also don't forget to send your questions to Q's for Q. That's the hashtag. Questions, comments, come on. You're out there in the Twitterverse. We know you are. It's at Q's for Q. Q-S-F-O-R-Q. Use that hashtag out there on a Twitter. So until next week, for Coach Q, I am Todd Blonier saying go Marauders, and thank you for checking out the TOST Podcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.